So are we as a community, as African-Americans, as black people, guilty of not taking responsibility for our own actions, thus causing our communities to spiral out of control? Let's get into it. I have no fear whatsoever of anybody or anything. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and shalom to my brothers and my sisters. This is another episode of Jacob C. Podcast, where the diaspora speaks. The whole mission and purpose of this podcast is to get uplifting, thought-provoking content out to the African-American community who are a part of the African-Semitic diaspora. How y'all been doing? How's your week been so far? Yeah, I know I'm I'm a day off on this episode, but uh, I get into that a little bit later as well. Listen, if you have not already, uh, if you don't, if you do not already follow this podcast, please do so. Uh, we are probably on your favorite uh, podcast platform. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcast. We are on Google Podcast. We are on Stitcher. We are on iHeartRadio. Uh, we are on Audible. We are on Amazon Music. Um, shoot, we're on a whole bunch of other things. We're on TuneIn. Um, if you listen into this for the first time and it's not on your favorite platform, please email me at jacobc12 at gmail.com. Tell me what your favorite podcast platform is and I will try to get this podcast on there. Listen, if you haven't already, please follow me on social media as well at jacobc12 on um, uh, Twitter at jacobc12 on Instagram as well. So jacobc12 on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can follow my personal Twitter and Instagram. It's I am Yermi Yahoo. I am Yermi Yahoo. Y-I-R-M-E-Y-A-H-U on Twitter and Instagram as well. We're also on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have a lot of videos up there, but the videos I do have up there are pretty good. And uh, I don't take the, some of them I do, but most of the videos I do, they're just standalone videos. I don't dub them into the podcast. So um, if you're just listening to the podcast only, you are missing a whole nother range of content that is out there for you. So on the uh, YouTube channel, just like the podcast, I'm discussing a range of different things uh, from culture, from sports, um, from religion all uh filtered through a hebraic messianic perspective all right because we are hebrews and i am i am a hebrew and i am also uh messianic so i filter everything through those lenses so let's get right into uh today's episode i think it's going to be um a very good episode i think um It'll be very introspective for all of us um, as African-Americans, because I, I really don't believe that a lot of us take enough time to really, um, how do you say, to really take inventory in our community, to really look at the core issues of our community and try to do some analysis, some, some problem analysis and see what is the real root, the root analysis, root problem analysis, root cause analysis. There we go. I'm getting there. What? I'm getting there. <laughs> root cause analysis of 
really, what is the problems in our community? Why are they there? Why do they exist? Who is the perpetrator of these problems? And how do we rid ourselves of these problems? Are these problems systemic? Are these problems a human problem? Is it a spiritual problem? Is it a mixture of a little bit of all of those things? And how do we rid ourselves of those? Or at least, um, excuse me, uh, annihilate enough of those problems so that our communities can be vibrant once again. Before I even get into the whole episode, I want I want to take I want you guys to listen to a young lady happened to see this up on Instagram. And this is uh, the thing that kind of inspired this episode. Um, she kind of went on a rant about the issues in uh, the black community. Um, she is a, uh, a messianic believer. Excuse me, at least I believe she is. At least she believes in the scriptures. I know that she definitely believes in following Torah. So let's take a listen to what she has to say. Um, and then we'll we'll discuss further. And it was in regards to my Deuteronomy. So I got this question and it was in regards to my Deuteronomy 28 video. And this person asked, you know, did we really disobey God or did they, I assuming white people, they put that in there to justify what was done to us. And I'm not going to lie. The question kind of irritated me because it highlighted how we don't look at what we do in our own community as sin. Like there's a lot of us out here thinking that what goes down in our community isn't you know being in disobedience to god only way we sin is if the white man forces us to sin as if we don't have free will are other nations of people influencing us to sin absolutely because when you have free will somebody can't force you to do anything at the end of the day we have the power to choose to sin or not to sin you know, it's sad because anytime we try to talk about what's going on in our community, we always deflect. Oh, well, white people do this. Well, white people do that. Well, I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about what's going on in our own community. And the fact that we deflect highlights how we don't want to take accountability for the fact that we are disobeying God. Because let me tell y'all something. White people not liking you or feeling that they're superior to you, whatever the case may be, doesn't prevent you from following God's commandments. And a lot of us are acting like it does. We've placed the opinions of white people up here. What God said in his word down here. Essentially turning white people into an idol. Wow. Wow. Strong words from a, from a strong sister right there. So just kind of break down um, essentially what she said. Right. Let's kind of take a fine tooth comb and go through some of her issues with the black community. Um, she talked about the black, uh, black community being disobedient. Uh, she talked about the white man not being uh, the black community's problem. She talked about us having free will. Uh, she talked about uh, our ability to mass deflect, right? Um, she talked about us turning white people into an idol, um, essentially. Uh, let's discuss so many things. So, uh, first on the list, are we disobedient as a whole, as a people? Um, I mean, and I know some of you that are listening to this podcast, you're like, well, I ain't disobedient. Well, we're all disobedient. If you follow in Torah, you disobedient. Nobody is perfectly following Torah every single day of their life. Now, there's so there are some people in the scripture who are considered blameless. Absolutely. Um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all considered blameless. Uh, but 
they all made mistakes as well. Um, some purposely. I mean, Abraham purposely lied or told a half truth when he came into different nations, telling people that Sarah was his sister. And yes, Sarah was his sister, but Sarah was also his wife as well. Uh, Jacob, uh, he he erred in the same way, right? Uh, we see that David was a man after own, his own heart, but he murdered a man in order to gain his wife, right? Um, we see that how prolific Paul was in the apostolic writings, but he even says that he's in, in Romans chapter seven that there there's a he he would desire to want to do Torah, but there's another law at work in the member of his body that would not allow him to be as obedient and as loyal to the Torah as he would want to be. So are we disobedient people? Absolutely. Even if we were in this perfect um, Torah utopia and everybody believed in Torah and everybody believed in the Messiah Yeshua, um, we would still have sin because sin came through the person of Adam and it would just be there. It just is what it is. But I think as in the early days of the children of Israel being released from, from Egypt, some of those sins would not necessarily be on purpose. It would be unintentional, unintentional sins. For the Torah speaks of sacrifice for unintentional sins because there is no bloodshed. There is no sacrifice for intentional sin, sin done on purpose. It's just, it just doesn't exist, right? Uh, we see that first in Leviticus, and we see that again repeated um, as a reference back to Leviticus in the book of Hebrews in the apostolic writings. So, I'm not talking about you who know the law. I'm talking about those who don't. And unfortunately, there are more people in our community who don't know the law than the ones who do. So that leads me to say, yes, our community as a whole is disobedient to the laws, statutes, commandments, and the judgments sent down from the Most High through the great prophet Moses, through the great prophet Moses, excuse me, and exemplified perfectly through the Messiah Yeshua. Our people love eating unclean foods. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love eating unclean foods. Um, a lot of us don't want to talk about it, but our people love to fornicate. Love to fornicate. A lot of our men's loves not to take care of their kids. I know that's a, a touchy, uh, sensitive issue in the black community, but it is what it is. We don't value family as it was written out in the scriptures. One man, one woman, building a righteous family to the creator of this world. Men love to put their thing in anything and then walk away. That's unfortunate. A lot of our women... Love to keep their leg love, love to keep their legs open, and then depend on outside sources to raise all these kids that they can't be responsible for. It is what it is. A lot of us love to murder, lie, cheat, steal. This is the illustration of the black community as it is today in America. It was not always like that. Obviously, we can look. Um, even as close to the 70s, 60s, it wasn't like that at all. Um, and that's only, what, 40, 50 years from, from, from today? Our communities weren't like that. Now, there are a lot of things to blame. And I think going into the segue, I think the most thing to blame is ourselves. Because like the sister said, we have free will. I think the excuse is always, oh, well, 
uh, we don't have drug cartels in the black community. Well, no one put a gun to your head and told you to feed your people poison either. No one told Free Ray Ricky Ross. Nobody told Frank Lucas. Nobody told Bumpy Johnson to feed their people poison. Right? Nobody told... Um, I can't even think of his name right now, but nobody told the founder of the Bloods. Uh, nobody told the founder of the Crips. Nobody told the founders of the Vice Lords to feed their people poison. No one told them to enact horrific violence. South Central L.A. Watts, Compton, Chicago, Memphis, New York, Dallas, Houston, Miami, Atlanta. No one told these individuals to enact violence. No one told these young children to join gangs, steal radios out of cars, to crawl through windows and houses and steal property and assault people while they're doing so. Now, you may say, as far as the young people are concerned, well, they're beat up when they go to school, they're forced to do it, they're all this, that, this, that, and the other. Listen, my stepfather, again, I tell the story all the time when people bring up that narrative, and some can say, well, everybody can't be your stepfather. Well, why not? Why can't they be? He's, he was raised in Southside Chicago. He was always approached by gangs. And his response to being approached by gangs was to run fast or take longer routes home to school or longer routes from home to school and from to school from, from school to home. He would inconvenience himself in order not to be approached by the local gangs. So there are, ra- there are ways around things. We just choose sometimes as a community the easy route. So we would rather choose to sell poison then blame the CIA for putting the poison in our community. We want to choose violence, but then blame systematic racism on that very same violence. We would rather choose not to be educated and then blame uh, systematic racism again on that miseducation. We would rather choose to have a fatherless community and then blame the government on that said fatherless community or blame hip-hop or blame some other entity than the person who's not fathering their kids than the person not mothering their children. The young lady was 100% right. Excuse me if I hear me sniffle or whatnot. I'm a little bit under the weather. But the, the lady, um, she was 100% right. Every human being born on planet Earth has free will. Message. Free will. Meaning, you have the freedom to do or not to do. No one can force you to do anything. You are my brother. You are my sister. The sum of all your decisions. I heard it once said by... Um, one of these entrepreneur gurus, her name is Donnie Simpson. 
very smart young lady, and she said, you are born looking like, and I don't think she's the originator of this quote, but you are born looking like your parents, but you die looking like your decisions. Meaning, as you're under your parents' roof, as you're born into whatever environment, whatever family you're born into, yes, you're subject to that environment. Yes, you're subject to that community. But as you grow and you gain in knowledge, you have the freedom to break away from that community if it is a toxic one and begin your own destiny, your own future, your, make a path for yourself. You cannot blame society for your issues. You made a choice to do X, Y, Z, or you made a choice not to do X, Y, Z. Perfect example, and I don't like um, rewarding bad behavior, but Jay-Z, good example. Drug dealer, murderer, criminal, absolutely. But at some point, something clicked in his head and said, well, man, I can make these words rhyme. I'm going to use this to get out of the community. And he did so, changed his life around. Now, I'm not saying hip-hop is the answer or music is the answer. I believe entertainment and sports is far from the answer. I believe we must first educate our children, meaning we need, people need to be literate. Folks need to learn how to read. Secondly, I think that we need to push more vocational education into our communities because a lot of our kids, because of bad education, and that's not the fault of systematic racism, I don't believe. I believe that's the fault of parents themselves have getting bad education and their parents getting bad education and nobody sticking up for these children in these bad educational systems. These kids have no voice. That is the issue. What's the difference between the public schools in the black neighborhood and the public schools in the suburb? If the public schools in the suburb fail the kids, you're going to have a, a gang load of white or high middle class parents up at the board meeting, raising all kind of hell. What happens when the public school education system fails our students in the black community? No one shows up to speak for the kids. All we want to do is get on our phones, get on Instagram, and, 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 and complain about the systematic racism when you have the power to change it. You are in charge of the systems in your community, not the government, not the school board. You are, ma'am, sir. If you speak up, they have no choice to listen. If you start pulling your kids from these schools, they have no choice but to start listening. If you start showing up at every single board meeting and with a united front, with a united message, united every single month, every single week, every single quarter, and demand better for your children, they will listen. Will it happen overnight? Absolutely not. But we as a people have to learn perseverance what does perseverance mean? That I won't allow any obstacle that gets in my way to impede my journey to my end goal. If my end goal is to get my child educated in a good educational system, by all means, make sure they do that. And they can do that in the neighborhood that they are currently at. If you lift up a voice for your child, even if you don't have children, that child is your child because it's in your neighborhood. We need to get back to raising kids in a village, a unified neighborhood. When I was a kid, if I did something bad and somebody that knew my grandmama and I knew them and they saw me doing bad, I'm going to get in trouble by then. 
I'm going to get in trouble with my grandmama. And then my grandmama going to tell my mom I'm going to get in trouble by her. It was a community effort to make sure kids was raised right. And we've lost that effort. And I'm going to get into it a little bit later because we want to blame everybody, like the sister said, but ourselves. So are we disobedient? That's the question. Absolutely, yes. We are hella disobedient, disobedient in the black community because we choose not to follow the law, statutes, and the commandments of the Most High. And then it's a root of that. The root of that is not disobedience. The root of that is ignorance. A lot of people in the black community don't know that they are, some of them are children of the Most High, the bloodline descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They don't know. And that's where we come in as people who do know to help them understand who they are and just don't stop at identity, but move into a proper spiritual relationship with the Most High God. Second, she talked about um, nations influencing influencing us to sin is that true or not in my opinion that is 100 percent true do other nations influence the black community to sin yes what do some of these influences look like some of these influences look like planned parenthood influencing young mothers to terminate their their babies to kill their children that's an influence Black Lives Matter, perpetuating and pushing the homosexual and, tra- and more, 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 uh, more illicitly the transgender agenda in the black community. That is influence to sin. Record companies and uh, black artists choosing, it's a choice, they have free will, choosing to make music about rapping, killing, raping what some call the death culture that's influencing people to sin. And the list goes on and on and on. But the thing about influences is you don't have to be. Message. I'll say that again. The thing about influences is you ain't got to be. You can choose what influences you. I have a, we have a saying at my job, garbage in, garbage out. So if, If the project starts with garbage, it's going to end with garbage. The same thing is true with your mind, your body, and your soul. If you're eating a bunch of carbohydrates, a bunch of sugars, and and putting all that crap in your body, a a bunch of unsaturated fat, that's garbage. Guess what? You're going to gain a lot of weight. You're going to have a whole lot of diseases. Garbage in, garbage out. If all you're taking in is the shade room, Instagram, memes, the breakfast club, this progressive, liberal, leftist agenda that they're pushing in our black communities, if that's all you're taking in, that's all you're going to spit out. It's garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. But if you concentrate on having a good relationship with the Most High, that's what's going to come out. If you're reading your scriptures, if you're in daily prayer, if you're fasting, if you're being zadik or righteous, doing mitzvot, doing good things for others, your life will reflect that. And things, good things will start to happen in your life. And some of those bad things will start to flatten out. Now, you will have to suffer consequences for the bad choices you made, absolutely. 
But the more good you dump on that, the better things to start being. So are we influenced as a, we are very influenced, easily influenced as a nation. And that's ironic because as we influence the nations, the nations influence us. Because if you look at it, hip-hop culture, R&B culture, neo-soul culture, uh, whether it's rock and roll, whether it's hip-hop, neo-soul, country, jazz, you name it, whether it's the clothes we wear, the, the slang we talk in, the world sees it and the world mimics it. But we still are influenced by that same world, unfortunately. And we take on the things of this world. And then we want to blame other outside influences for our detriment. We want to blame systematic racism. Ladies and gentlemen, a white man or a white woman not liking you, not giving you a job, is not an excuse not to follow the laws that commandments of the most high. And I give this example. Is that job that you got denied for the only job in your town? And if your town is full of bigots and racists, it's time for you to move out. America is a land of opportunity. So if you're a brother in the middle of Utah, you got a whole bunch of people hating on you because of the color of your skin, you can move to you, you can move to Texas. You can move to Houston, you can move to Dallas, you can move to Memphis, you can move to Atlanta. You have all these different options that you can move. You can move to New Orleans. If that ain't your flavor, you can move to move to Phoenix. I don't know, something closer by. Move to move to uh, uh, Las Vegas, somewhere where there's more people that look like you, where they can where they, where there's more more people that look like you in high places. Somebody told me, hey, you know, it's really hard for black people to. Move up in the executive ranks. I don't. I don't know. I don't see that. Not where I live. My job. I work for a Fortune 500 business. <coughs> Excuse me. Work for a Fortune 500 business. A lot of the executives and directors are black men and women. So there's opportunity for us when we look for it. Here's what we do: we apply for a job, we apply for a loan, somebody denies us. We use the race card, and we, and we let that stop us right there. From that point on, the whole trajectory of our lives, that one moment of discrimination defines the whole trajectory of our lives. When really what you should have done was keep going. Okay, maybe that person was racist. The next one might not be. Every single white person ain't racist. Everybody that's doing loans ain't a bigot and a racist. Everybody who's doing loans ain't white. Everybody who's doing an interview ain't going to discriminate on you because of the color of your skin. But when you choose not to persevere, you choose to be the victim. And that's where we get this victim mentality from, because we choose to quit. Unfortunately, a black community is made up of a bunch of quitters in this new age. We rather quit and march down the street yelling Black Lives Matter, and to persevere and rebuild our communities. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I think is the biggest tragedy in the 21st century for the black community. We want to blame everybody else for our problems, but we don't want to look internally and see that we really do have a crime problem in the black community. 
We really do have a problem with violence and assault in the black community. We really do have a problem with drugs and mental illness in the black community. We really do have a problem with, with the lack of education in the black community. We do really do have a problem with teenage pregnancy in the black community. We do really do have a problem with fatherlessness in the black community. And these are things that we can solve on our own. But we choose not to because we want to blame the white man. We want to blame systematic racism. We want to blame uh, this administration and that administration. But we don't want to put our boots on the ground and start building our own communities back the way they were how our grandparents knew them. Back in the 50s, the 60s, when they had way more struggle. I was talking to my grandmother a few weeks ago, and she, she point blank told me, my, our generation, my generation, I'm, I'm in my late 30s. I was born, I'm an 80s baby. My generation does not know struggle. She was born in 1940. We don't know racism. We don't know discrimination. All we have is opportunity, and we squander it every single day. That's how she sees the world through her eyes, from the discrimination she had to face. My grandfather had to face. My grandfather was born in 1930. He was one of the first black regiments to be, uh, he, he fought in the Korean War, one of the first black uh, platoons to be integrated with his white brothers and sisters in the Army, armed forces. So imagine the discrimination he felt. But we can... And now in 2022, in the 21st century, you can be whoever you want to be. Go wherever you want to go. But a lot of us choose to blame others for our situation instead of persevering past the foolishness. And yes, somebody may have wronged you. I'm not denying that. But everybody's not going to wrong you. If you want something, go and get it. We don't have enough go-getters. Go and get it. So do people influence us? Absolutely they do. Some of those influences are terrible. Planned Parenthood is terrible. Black Lives Matter is terrible. The deaf culture in hip-hop is terrible. But we can't allow those things to be excuses of why our community is deteriorating. It's deteriorating because we don't follow laws, statutes, commandments of the Most High. Listen, I, uh, I had to fix a leaky, leaky faucet. And that's a whole story. It became a whole situation. because Somebody didn't tell me. I needed to shut. I was watching his YouTube video, and the man didn't tell me I needed to. I was following just step by step. I guess he missed a step to say, hey, you need to shut. He did say turn off your valves under your sink, but my house is kind of old, so I needed to go to the street and actually turn the water off to my house. Yeah, I skipped that step, and it was a situation. But I will say, I had a leaky faucet. The faucet in itself was not the problem. The faucet just showed me the problem that I had. The problem was my washers inside of my faucet had had deteriorated. So the brand new washers that I bought were way bigger than the washers that were inside there. So when I replaced the washers, turned the water back on, put the faucet back on there, guess what? There's no more leak. There's no more drip, drip in the middle of the night. Hearing water drip all over my sink. Can't sleep at night because I'm hearing water drip all over my sink. It's gone now because I fixed the washer. The, the, what I saw from the outside was a leaky faucet. But the problem was really internal because the washer had deteriorated. Ladies and gentlemen, when we see systematic racism, when we see a death culture, when we see all these different things, uh, bad education, these are just external evidences 
of an internal problem. Message. Again, systematic racism, bad education, police brutality, all these things are external illustrations of an internal deterioration of our own community. Now, am I saying it's our fault that these things are happening? Yes and no. So yes, because we've been disobedient. But no, because these other people also have free will and have something to answer to. They don't, they don't have to come to black people and offer them to sell poison to their community, offer them to kill off their community, offer them to play bad music. They don't have to be, the police doesn't have to be brutal to our, to our, to our community, which I think that's overblown too, but that's a whole other podcast episode for a whole other day. But at the end of the day, sometimes the problem is not what you see, but it's deeper. Most of the time it's something internal that we haven't yet dealt with. Okay. So that, that brings me to the next thing the young lady said. She, she said, uh, mentioned that we blame the white man on everything. Is the white man the problem again? No, the white man is just the faucet. That's the leaky faucet we see. Our problem is 100% internal. The white man is not stopping you from serving the most high God. The white man did not tell you to go inside that woman and not take care of that child. The white man did not tell you to sign a record contract that builds deaf culture in your neighborhood. The white man did not put a gun to your head and say, put this needle in your vein. Did not tell them to abuse your child. Did not tell them to lie on your taxes. Did not tell you to get mixed up in crime so that you are put in front of an unjust justice system. If we know the justice system is not kind to African Americans, stay out of trouble. Very simple. Some of you say, oh, you don't understand. Uh, some, uh, I'm from Southside Chicago, and I ain't got no choice. There's a lot of people from Southside Chicago that's never been locked up. So, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You do have a choice. I'm from Baltimore. I'm from Houston. I'm from Oak Cliff and Dallas. There's a lot of people from Oak Cliff, Houston, Baltimore, Southside Chicago, North Side, North South Side of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, from Northeast Atlanta. All these places, from 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 Miami, from Little Haiti. All these places that ain't never been locked up, ain't never had cuffs on their wrists. So that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. If one person did it, anybody can do it. And that's the problem we have: making excuses. Young lady said it perfectly. We deflect a whole lot. We deflect. What are some of these deflections? Again, back to it. Systematic racism. It's a deflection. It's a deflection. The white man. It's a deflection. Unjust justice system. It's a deflection. Education. It's a deflection. It's a deflection. If the teachers in the education system ain't doing their job, number one, like I said in the beginning, you should be marching up to that board meeting every single week, month, quarter, whatever it is. Secondly, we should be invested into our own children anyway. We can't rely on these teachers if it's a bad education system to teach our children because you've seen it and you've seen it fail over and over and over again. Let's stop putting the responsibility on somebody else to raise our kids. We need to do that. And do it well. And quit teaching them how to deflect. Quit teaching them that the white man is their problem. Teach them that they are above and not beneath. 
Teach them that they are kings and queens. Teach them who they really are, as they say in uh, the Black Panther. Tell them who you are. Teach them who they are. I teach my daughters every day. Now, I am honest with my daughters. I don't want them to go out into the world thinking that everything is peachy king and everything will be okay. I let them know, number one, you are beautiful, chocolate, African Jews. You follow the commandments of the Most High Yah. I also let them know that in this country, they will be seen as African-American women. And they will be on some occasion discriminated against. But that does not stop you from living an abundant life. I teach them that this is the land of extreme opportunity. I don't teach them to hate this country. I don't teach them to have a negative attitude about this country. Because what I found is, and I work with a lot of these people who are Black Lives Matter advocates and anti-racist advocates and diversity, inclusion, and all equity advocates and all these different things, they tend to have very bad attitudes and very miserable lives because they see everything through the lens of racism. They see everything through the lens of discrimination. They see everything through the lens of how much this country, quote-unquote, hates them. That's a terrible life to live. I would rather believe, because it's true, that this country is a country of extreme opportunity. Does it have problems? Yes. Does racism, does racism exist? Absolutely. Is it overt in some places? Is it systematic in some places? Will you uh, experience discrimination if you're a black woman? Yes. Will you discriminate, uh, experience discrimination if you're a black man? Yes. Will some people not hire you because you have locks in your hair? Yes. Well, some people not hire you because your skin is too dark. Yes. But will people hire you because you are black? Yes. Will some people, will some schools accept your child because they are black? Yes. Are there some places that will hire you because you have locks in your hair? Yes. Are there some places that hire you because you are a black woman? Yes. You shouldn't care if you're a diversity hire. So what? You got hired. You're making six figures. You're making 80000 a year, whatever it is. You should thank God for every situation that you have and not always look for excuses to blame somebody else for your downfall or always see the world through negative lenses. Where in the scripture are we taught to see the world through a negative lens? We're taught to know that no matter where we are and no matter what situation we're in, that our God fights for us. And that's how we have to look at this world. I don't care if you're in America. I don't care if you're in the United Kingdom. I don't care if you're in Mexico. I don't care if you're in Brazil. I don't care where you are. If you're in Canada, wherever you are and you're a believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have to believe that whatever situation you're in, God will fight for you. It's just the truth. He'll fight for you. And lastly, because this this is going into 40 minutes in this uh, podcast. She said that because of because we constantly blame white people for our issues in our community that we've making white people idle. Now, that's one point I have to disagree with, because I don't think. 
blaming somebody for your issues makes them an idol per se. Um, an idol is something that you worship in place of God. I don't think any one nation worships another nation or another ethnicity in the place of God. Uh, but I will say that we take a lot. We deflect a lot, as she said. I would agree with that. I would agree that we are disobedient. I would agree that um, we definitely have free will. And no one is causing us to sin. The white man's not causing you to sin. Are there influences out there? Absolutely. But again, we have free will. You don't have to sign that music contract. You don't have to put that needle in your arm. You don't have to send your kid to that that school. You don't have to join that gang. You don't have to sleep with that man. You don't have to do these things. These are choices that we make. Again, you are the sum of the decisions you make. You're born looking like your parents. You die looking like your decisions. So the encouragement I want to give us, brothers and sisters, is that in this country of America, and you can do your own research and look it up. America has its own problems. But we as melanated people are treated way worse outside of this country. I've looked it up. I've seen it. Even on the continent of Africa, folks treating each other bad. I read a whole article just a few months ago how uh, in Nigeria, they had the Nigerian police shooting folks in the street. In Nigeria. That's what it ain't about. Over there, it ain't about white cop, black man, or black people. It's black cops, black people. A lot of us want to go back to the motherland, Israel. Ethiopian Jews, I tell you today, they've been discriminated on a high level in Israel, on a high level in Australia, the indigenous people. All the indigenous people in Europe being discriminated against on a high level. So America, although it has its issues, is the one place for now where you can worship freely. Ain't nobody coming knocking down your door. You can spew all your disagreements about President Donald Trump, President Obama, President Joe Biden, Bush, Reagan, Nixon, Lincoln, watch all of them. And we ain't got no SS or no Gestapo coming to knock down your door and hang you, put you in prison. We're talking about the leader of your country. You can go on Twitter right now. Post whatever you want to post. Facebook right now. Post whatever you want to post. You have the freedom of speech here. We have an amazing opportunity in front of us as an African-American community. This country has never been this ripe for the African-American community. You literally have presidential campaigns fighting and vying for the African-American vote. You have people giving away stuff to the African-American, but we don't want to take it because we're so focused and see everything through the lens of racism and discrimination and hatred and all these things. We've not opened up our eyes to see stuff in the way we should see them. Right now is the, for example, right now is the prime time to build wealth for your family. Why do I say that? Their stock, the stock market is down, recession. We see it as a bad thing. I see it as a good thing. I see it as it's discount season in the stock market. So stocks like Amazon, $89 today when I looked at it. Last time, what did, what did Amazon go up to? This highest mark, three, dollars $4,000. $89 right now for the price of 
one Jordan, you can get two stocks of Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can get two stocks of Amazon. If it jumps back up to the three, three, four thousand dollar price range, that's times two. So that's six to eight thousand dollars right there. Mm. Google also down about ninety eight or so dollars. Again, for the price of one pair of Jordans, you can get two shares of Amazon. You person who love Jordan, Jordans, you buy a pair, two pair a month. You get a mask. I don't know. Out of a year, that's 24 shares of Amazon a year. Amazon got up to about three, four $4,000. You have 12 shares of that. That's 36000 to $48,000 in your pocket. That's wealth you have. That's, that's a college education, a vocational education that you can help your kids go through without getting any kind of debt. These are things that we have to start paying attention to in this country. We have to open our eyes. Stop seeing everything through race and all this other stuff and see the opportunities, not always see the negative, but see the opportunities that are in front of us. And a lot of us say, oh, I don't got time to study the stock market. But you spend two, three, four hours scrolling on Facebook, scrolling on Instagram, checking out the shade room. You will spend two hours listening to a whole episode of, of The Breakfast Club. But you don't want to spend those hours engrossing yourself, number one, in Torah. Number two, educating yourself so you can build wealth for your family. Yeah, that's that's fishy to me. And then we want to blame other people for not. Mm, yeah. Again, we are the sum of our own decisions. Educate yourself. Keep the positive energy. Don't allow anything to stop you. Yes, there's bigots out there. Yes, there's racists out there. But they ain't got to stop you from getting to where you want to go. And they definitely at no time ever in your life will they impede you from following the laws and statutes and commandments of the Most High. Listen, family, that's all I have for the day. I hope it blessed you. I hope it encouraged you. I hope it allowed you to see the world in a, in a different kind of lens. Um, if you are someone that uh, always blaming systematic racism or education or whatever on the plight of our community, I challenge you to look deeper into our community and do a root cause analysis and you will find 100% of the time that the problem is not outside influences. The problem is ourselves. And I believe it's because we have veered away from the precious law that the Most High gave us through his prophet Moses. And that, again, Yahshua the Messiah exemplified perfectly on this earth. If we can get people to go turn back to that, enough people, not everybody's going to do it. But if enough people do it, I believe that our African-American community can be turned back around for the better. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of Jacob C. <coughs> Jacob C. Podcast. I thank you again for uh, listening to this podcast. If you listen to this podcast in its totality, please um, think about subscribing to this podcast on your favorite or following this podcast on your favorite podcast um, platform, as well as follow me on social media at Jacob C. 12 and I am Yermi Yahoo um, on Instagram and on Twitter. Y'all be good. Listen, as always, seek the truth, live it out, and inform others.